You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Referral Mortgages and Blue Panda Realty, with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate in our nation's capital. Morning. Good morning. Welcome back to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. My name is Paul Stevenson. I'm one of the owners and mortgage agents over at Referral Mortgages here in Ottawa. I'm joined, as always, by Greg Campbell. He's a partner over at Blue Panda Realty in Orleans. And uh, David Warren, my business partner, also an owner and mortgage agent at Referral Mortgages. Uh, give a quick shout out to our show partner, North Brew Coffee. Sponsor. Sponsor. Partner. Partner, sponsor, sponsor. Uh, North Brew Coffee. They're a locally owned and operated uh, coffee company. And um, yeah, use the code word podcast. You go to northbrew.ca and uh, you'll get 20% off your coffee order. Why not? Support local. You know, we're open. We're phase three. We're, uh, we're back to business, but uh, support local. How are you guys doing? I really didn't know where you were going with that. I didn't either. I don't know. I just... <laughs> Just going with the flow. Just going with the flow. That's how it, that's how you should be, you know. How was yeah. the week, gentlemen? How are we well, doing? Actually, I actually met with uh with James Rankin from uh North Brew yesterday because we're gonna they're helping us with our own um blue panda brew. Is that so? Ooh. Yeah. I guess you guys are gonna have to get a referral mortgage just brew to keep we're gonna need guys. an RMI brew. Wow, yeah. keep gotta keep up with the Joneses. We went uh <laughs> Max and I went and we tested and uh I think we found a delicious blend. Wow, I want to yeah. test a blend. Very, very cool. And they brew it. Uh, well, they roast it on site at uh, Oh So Good in the uh, in the market. Really cool okay. experience. Yeah, that's mm. interesting. So, does Oh So Good actually? Are they serving North Brew coffee? They are. Yeah, they work uh, hand in hand with um, with James. Oh, I feel bad. I can't remember uh, Buddy's name. I met yesterday. The guy was amazing. Really Greg, that. I feel like you're coming in a little quiet too on my end. Am I quiet to... still? Yeah. Really? Yeah, you're still quiet. It's soft. But I, I think Torp, Torp's going to have to definitely get its own coffee. Yeah, that's I mean, well that's, then, so that's so that's four blends then for or no three. Well, number one, game. we definitely Torp should be a priority. We need a Torp brand blend for sure to go along with the mugs. Mm-hmm. Am I? What am um, I on here? Select. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah, you're good now. Fine you're now. Good am now. I? Am I? Am I loud hey, enough? Everyone, can you good. hear me? Can we get an okay? Hi, people. Can I get a hail, Jess? Yes. So I had an interesting experience last night. I, uh, I had a you know, very busy, hectic week. So I decided to just kind of escape the city for the evening and um, went up to uh, a friend's um, vacation oh, rental. Paul, Paul vacation invited home. me to my own cottage yesterday. <laughs> yeah, Dave, I, I asked Dave, I'm like, hey, I'm like, I need to get out of the city. You mind if I just pop up to the... Uh, to the... Oh, did you lose me there? Um, I need to just get... Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Oh, weird audio. Um, I said, I need to uh, get to the city for the night. Uh, you know, this man that I invited Dave to his own cottage. Say, hey, if you want to, if you're more than welcome to join me up there, if you like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, so I got up there and right when I got up there, the, um, the power went out. So I was basically forced to no. there's no cell reception, obviously other than Wi-Fi. So I was forced to disconnect. And then, uh, I was sitting there in a thunderstorm, a severe thunderstorm of uh, thunder and lightning for a good hour. And, uh, Put me in my place in the world, you know. And uh, it was a good, uh, it was a good That's reflection amazing. on how goddamn small we are. And I would love. I was that. just thinking of like the idea of a thunderstorm and just lightning bolts firing at the earth uh, all the time. <laughs> very, very intimidating. Uh, very intimidating. Did you? Happy to did have you happen to? Uh, did you happen just for you know five minutes just to rush out and stand in the thunderstorm? 
No, I was a little nervous that naked. Uh, <laughs> I was a little <laughs> nervous that I might not make it back into the gazebo if I were to do that. So, right. <laughs> okay. How's How the, week the going uh, What's uh? Yeah. What's the latest, Greg? Uh, I was involved in a couple of uh, interesting scenarios this week, and um, you know, both homes sold basically two hundred thousand over list price, and. You know, they were, to be fair, they were listed a hundred thousand less than what they would have been a couple of months ago. So it's just really interesting to see. And I mean, one had 14 offers on it. Mm. Crazy. Mm. Um, and, you know, cause you think like, as things are changing, I, and you know, I told you my experiences where I've won multiple offers with conditions, one under list last week. And then here in, on the other hand, this is a nice little uh, split level in Constance Bay. Uh, mm. Pretty wild, pretty wild. So Constance I Bay mean, has been crazy though. For it has values been. And, like and they've been crazy jumping. And to be fair, that's you know the reason why more people are looking for that lifestyle. Mm. Um, there was another one I won't get into too much, but it sold for 180 over. Uh, wow. I thought that was a bit high. And, uh, anyways, it's still, there's still things happening, but then there's stuff that's sitting on the market. I think we're at an average of 30 days now. Yeah. Yeah. I've been telling buyers lately that, oh my gosh, I, th I think there's, you're there's still, we can hear of, you. there's still a lot of properties that show well in certain areas that get a lot of traction and a lot of showings and, and interest, but there's others where they, like you said, they're, they are going under ask, um, with conditions and, and, uh, you know, case in point, I, I got, uh, two purchase agreements this morning, um, from a great, uh, referral source of mine. And, and one was under, uh, under list unconditional, um, but under, under list price, the other was under list price with conditions. Um, yeah. both, mm -hmm. both, both townhomes, condo townhomes, um, you know, not high price points, like, you know, under, I think around three fifty, and, uh, yeah, it was kind of, you know, it's interesting. Then there's others where, you know, I know of places that, like you said, going a hundred, 200,000 over asking, you know, 50 plus showings, things like that. Uh, you know, it just really depends on where they are and, and how they, how they show as well. I think. I think, Greg, do you think, do you think that's directly related to, and I, I, Feel like I may know the answer to this, but I know there's been a lot of supply coming back on the market. But are you finding mm -hmm. that in these locations where homes are going for say 180,000 over asking, that those areas are very limited in the supply, and that's why maybe people, you know, that's a very yeah. desirable neighborhood they want to be mm -hmm. in. They're willing to pay that, obviously, as yeah. opposed to it's 100. I mean, you know, I should have mentioned that just off the jump. I mean, the the one in Constance Bay is clearly based on that, and the other one was based on it was like a full renovation. Like it was, it was mm. spectacular. There was, I felt it was overpriced because there were still some things to do in the lower level. But um, anyways, that's why it was kind of like, you know, wow, wow. Uh, and that's mm. what everybody went in. But I mean, right now I, I'm, I think it's a really good time for buyers to be looking. Anyone who's looking like 550 or less, uh, there's opportunities. So if you were a first timer that just got totally pushed away you know, a few months ago, I'd take the time to look back at things now because mm -hmm. some of those properties are still there. And especially I've seen like un properties under 450, I've seen dropping 20, 30, 40,000. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, you know, there, and there's like, that's opportunities for investors too. just came back like that. 
That's what yeah. I'm seeing. So here's what I see happening in the fall, in the coming months. This is my prediction for the next Go. 60 days. We're going to see all this information rolling out as we're talking about today. In a month and a half time, all the buyers are going to flood to the market because of all the new supply that they're yeah. hearing about six weeks too late. And then uh, there's going to be a lack of supply again and prices are going to start peaking up again uh, come September, October. We're, we're mid cottage and camping yeah. time though. Yeah. You know, this like July into August is like your prime. We only get, we have such a short window of summer months and this is like prime camping and cottage time that I, I always find it does. There's a little bit of lull and kind of these, the July, early August, and then people kind of ramp back up for, for, uh, for school. So producer yeah, Steve throwing in on. some new graphics at the bottom there, eh? Is Torah yeah. predicting the future? The yes that or no amazing. questions. I love it. Um, <laughs> Dave, so, you're absolutely right. I think that's what's happening. That's part of it for sure. I think by mid August, it's going to start ramping up a bit. And, and hopefully to your point, like those buyers that were scared away earlier in the year or last year that they aren't, you know, hopefully they have a little bit of a finger on the pulse or, or are, have been notified by who they're working with that, um, that there are opportunities and, and to come back to the market. Cause I know like you were, ta- you were mentioned last week, you were talking to somebody and they had no idea what the market was, you know, that it had kind mm-hmm. of leveled out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's just, you know, to Paul's point, the you know, new cycle is like six weeks too late, six weeks behind Torup that, uh, <laughs> that people don't, aren't, re, aren't aware that, that they can find these good deals or, or properties that are, you know, easier to get or. But Greg, even talking specifically to our, you know, joint clients, we've had a few clients that had been shopping for some time that recently over the last couple of weeks have, have been able to find their home. So it's, yeah. it's good. It's great for buyers. And I think just the market in general, it's good to just kind of balance out a bit, just give people a bit of a breather. And, um, and also for some sellers just to kind of, uh, you know, I think we've talked about it a few times, but they, they had almost unrealistic expectations of what their place would sell for. And now it's kind of, um, you know, with the balancing out and now they're looking at comparables in their area and realizing that, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of balanced, you know, we're getting back to reality, I guess. Is I've what got, I'm trying to say. I got one great example on that. Yeah. You know, there was this house that was listed at 600,000, a five, sorry, 590. And, uh, they had three offers. We were in on it and our offer was, uh, I think our top offer was six. I think it was 600. Um, maybe it was 605. There was two other offers. And, you know, I got a call from the agent asking if we'd come up to 625, meaning like they had three offers that the seller didn't like. And we said, no, that was our top for this house. And, uh, the other two offers also said no, and it's been on at six thirty-five now for two weeks. Hmm. So even though it's been sitting and I talked to my guys are like, nah, we're, we've decided we don't, we don't uh, want to, to go for that one anymore either. And I was like, wow. I'm like, so these people, they missed, you know, and maybe come if they, if it's still sitting, maybe come September, that'll change. But mm-hmm. I was just like, that's, that's an opportunity. Someone can go in right now. You know, it almost, it's almost like that juju though. You know, you say you get that kind of bad vibe from, from maybe a seller or something. And you just, you just don't want anything to do with that property anymore. It's just got the bad Mm. juju, you know? (laughs) Um, anyways, speaking um, of bad juju, we were uh, talking before the show about the, uh, the property over in Gatineau. That's uh, been all the headlines, the, uh, the new build in $3 million home. Dave, uh, maybe you want to speak to that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have saw it. It was kind of made its rounds, uh, and pretty well every newspaper, but, uh, Cole's notes gentleman 
built uh, his dream home in 2013, applied to the city of Gatineau for permits, was issued permits, built, then got, then his uh, neighbors sued because it was in violation of zoning bylaws of being too, not a, uh, of their front yard setback being seven meters when the township is 15. City had issued permits. The city said, oh, we did this by mistake and we will make a, we'll make the exception and we'll force the exception through city hall, which they did. And, uh, and the neighbors still took it to court and they, the neighbors won this week. And it's really, uh, shows kind of the level of stupidity on the city's part. Really. It's not the, it's not the home builder's fault. He built based on his permits being issued. Neighbors obviously aren't happy with the build because it's not in keeping with the streetscape, which understand that. But uh, certainly the city of Township of Gatineau is going to be on the hook for this. Uh, I think they're being sued by the owner for, yeah. for $3.6 million now for yeah. uh, rebuild plus all the headache and damages and all that. So now he's got to tear this brand new, beautiful home down uh, and rebuild. He should, he should 100% win that case. Yeah. Well, the city already said that they were, that it was issued by mistake. And the judge even said in his judgment that this guy obviously wouldn't have continued construction yeah. if he hadn't been issued these permits and then told in 2014, we will amend it. The zoning bylaw, which they did. And they, and the judge the basically came back saying there's an abuse of power. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And, and so I, I, like, I, I wonder what bad. that guy, like clearly he's going to build somewhere else. He's not going to build on that street again. <laughs> well, yeah, you're definitely tarnished. You're definitely pissed off with your neighbors at that point. Yeah. You're not, uh, <laughs> No one's no one's too close. No one's having uh, after work cocktails uh, on that street. That's brutal, man. We yeah. have a we have a very interesting question from uh, Stena. She says, "Paul, Dave, directed at us, David. Mm. Uh, there have been a few articles circulating about how Canadians are piling on large amounts of mortgage debt versus consumer debts. Are you seeing clients maximizing their borrowing power to get the house they really want, or are clients still being conservative?" Um, I'll speak to it first, Dave, if you don't mind, yeah. uh, I would say, you know, uh, we've talked about this on the show a few times, uh, specifically that when we do offer clients pre-approvals, that those pre-approvals don't mean, you know, if you pre-approved at 600,000, it doesn't mean you should go buy a $600,000 house. It's very important when you get your pre-approval, obviously to review your own finances, figure out what sort of budget, what you're comfortable paying on a monthly basis, and then set your purchase price based on those parameters as opposed to what, you know, the regulation state that you can afford. So when we give a pre-approval, especially recently, we've been telling clients like at the most, you should be looking about 10 to 20% lower than what your pre-approval amount is. Um, that's also because of the fact that homes are going for over asking, but typically speaking, I would say the majority of buyers are not buying at their maximum. I would say, you know, maybe 50% are going right up to their max. Most are buying kind of in this, I'd say 70 to 80% of their pre-approval range. What, uh, yeah. what have you seen, Dave? I, well, I, I think you're bang on, but I also think that that's a little misleading of a comment. I think it's a good thing, actually, that people are reducing their consumer debt that they're taking on because that consumer debt is at 7 to 29%. Yeah. Um, a lot of people in it, you know, have or go to the easy financials of the world and things like that, where their interest rates are even in the 30 to 60% range. Um, so people not piling on consumer debt, I think is a fantastic thing and taking on mortgage debt, you know, at 
borrowing at one, one and a half percent or 2% as opposed to 20 and in an asset that goes up, that's going to appreciate in value. I think that's a, uh, I think that's a, a good thing. Obviously home price has been going up and there's been, there was articles this week of uh, talking about how Canada has been on a uh, 25 year upward trajectory of home values and home pricing. Um, it's been a steady incline for the last 25 years. Um, so with that said, if people are, you know, taking on purchasing homes, putting a roof over their head, taking on mortgage debt, as opposed to consumer debt, I think that is a valuable thing. And you're actually holding an asset. Yeah. And also keep in mind that when people do refinance, like if people own a home and they want to access the equity in their home, they're only eligible to increase their mortgage up to 80% of the value. So whereas when you're buying a home, you can actually put as little as 5% down. And then if you put 5% down, the CMHC or the insurance premium is roughly, well, it is 4%. So, I mean, you're almost at a hundred percent of the value of the home in your mortgage. When you're refinancing, that's not the case. You actually can only refinance up to 80% of the value, which does leave a nice buffer there for any sort of decline, which again, as you've mentioned, is historically not seen in Ottawa, but you know, we, we definitely don't want to have happen here, what happened in the States in 2008 with the market crash. So there is that buffer. So even people that are, you know, pay, maybe paying off consumer debt with the equity in their home there is still that buffer there and there's still that security for the economy that they're, you know, they're not going to be over leveraging themselves or um, qualifying for more than they can actually afford. And, and people are being qualified for their mortgage based on an inflated rate compared to what they're actually paying. So somebody would have, you know, a variable rate mortgage right now with uh, an A lender at one and a half percent or 2% fixed. Um, they're qualifying at as if their payments are based at five and a quarter percent. So somebody might be buying up to their qualifying max. And even as Paul alluded to, not everyone, you know, it's 50% are actually doing that. That qualifying max is based on as if their payments are at their rates, five and a quarter percent. Um, so from an affordability standpoint, they're much, you know, they're, they're pretty secure. I mean, there's a huge buffer built in there, um, with that. So, I think it's I think it's a good thing that that people are being more mindful of paying down their consumer debt. I know that's been the case over the past uh, during the pandemic that there was a huge. Um, I think it was I think consumer debt across Canada dropped by seven or nine percent or something like that, which I think is fantastic. Um, and I would just say people to keep that up because that's also what's going to help you purchase other assets like mm-hmm. qualify for a mortgage or or other things, right? Uh, Dave, you you made an interesting point there that homes in Ottawa have been uh, steadily increasing for for some time now. Greg, I believe you had actually, uh, I don't think that segue was on purpose, but I think you actually had some numbers. Do you not on the yeah, historical data on Ottawa? Let, let's bring bring that up because I want to I want to talk about this um, now. You know, before we get into this specifically, I want everyone to you know the, the what I'm about to show you is you know it's quite interesting. Because uh, historically we're right on track where we should be, but the the issue with everything overall, I think, is that uh, salaries and the amount of mo- amount of income that people are bringing in doesn't um, warrant the the uh, price of property. I think because mm-hmm. it just doesn't increase as much as property values. But mm-hmm. let's look at these stats here. So, you know, we're going back to 1956. If you go. Let's just start looking at 1968, where it jumps up like 19.8%. Okay. And then we've got another jump in 1973, 25.3%, and then 21.8%. 
And then, you know, it's just, it's up, it's down. And then you get to 1983. So that's two, 10 years later. Well, you get, not actually down. Well, like for the people that are just listening, it didn't like it's down. No, in the not sense down. That the percentage sorry. Increase sorry. Year, down. year over year, it, it kind of, it yeah. averages, but it, it up a little bit more down than up again. And yeah, you're but, right. But, I mean, but, there's but just was, that one but, blip. But if you look at it, 1972 to 1976, 10% year over year gain, 25% year over year gain, 21% year over year gain, 6.4, 10.1. So, you know, to your, I know where you're getting at, like, we're seeing the exact same cycle. Yeah. So this is what I'm saying. So then you go, so then you go 10 years to 1983, you got 21.8.3 uh, again, 84, 18, then it, then it goes down and then it's still, and then it's just steady, 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 a little bit up, a little bit down, balancing I mean, even 7% out. 7% is insane. Right. And then, like and an then in the nineties, and then in the nineties, we have that drop, mm-hmm. uh, by, you know, and by point four. And 0.4. And that's what they see. Exactly. And that's what they say. Like we've been on an upward trajectory for 25 years, right? It's based on that drop. Mm -hmm. And so if you keep going and then you hit 2000, you've got 10 and you've got 14%. And then you go to Y2K. Once we all realized we weren't going to uh, disappear. eh? Yeah. And and then you've got that up and then we're back up at 2020 and we're up at 13.8 again. I mean, this year is going to be high. It's going to be more like, you know, it's going to be in the 21, 22, but there's nothing historically, there's nothing showing that this is going to do anything else, but just balance out and correct a bit. Mm -hmm. So when everyone talks about a market crash, like, I I mean, it's just, you know, the world would have to stop basically. And, uh, everyone just has to keep navigating it. I mean, well, it's, it's, what's crazy is the world did stop the last two years. And well, I mean, I, literally well, quite literally. And we're did, still, but I mean, you know what I mean? Going up. I mean, like, yeah, I mean like jobs gone, like, you know, but that's what I'm saying, that, that which, actually, they, which they're talking that about. Actually happening. Has, so who knows, who knows what's going to happen here? This is exactly like if we said three years ago, imagine if, you know, there's a millions of job loss and everything shut down and da, 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 you know, if all that happened, which literally has happened and the yeah. market still consistently had the same historical uptick that it would have in regular conditions. Yeah. But I wonder though- what, I wonder what, sorry, Dave, I wonder what the like uh, social um, issues or what was going on in those, like those other years that had the large jumps historically, I wonder what the kind of significant factors were at that time as well. I, like I want to do more research on this. In, yeah. I want to do more research on this. Up. It'd be nice for like a full episode uh, to talk about it. But I mean, sounds like you know, Kevin you, Morris you, has some work ahead of him. Kevin, <laughs> we should get <laughs> Kevin back on. And, yeah. But you know, it's like people talk about, is it inflated? Yeah. I think, I think it's inflated. I think we're overvalued, but that's, but that's where, that's where we are right now. There's nothing you, you can't, Stop, you can't stop that. You either make a decision to buy or you don't. Based but in on 1972, they probably said the same thing. Exactly. After a 21% increase. Exactly. Uh, so it's like re- real estate in most places, like most, uh, you know, cl- uh, class A countries like Canada and the world right now are overvalued a bit. But, you know, if you don't want to buy, then, then don't, buy a, don't buy a house. If you, and- if, you, if you see it as a sound investment long-term, buy a house. Need a place to not- live? You want to build equity? Buy a house. The argument, the and the the flip side or the argument to that that I have, Greg, of of saying of us being overvalued is, are we though? If there's the supply and demand are out there, and if the sick and if since 1956 the cyclical nature of our market is just that of you know the up and and leveling out to seven percent and five percent three percent and then back up, but you know even those gains that you just showed on that graph for 2019 and 2020 were. I think four, we're 10 and 14%. So we're not even the highest jumps in comparison to back to 
to early 2000s and, and 80s and 70s. Um, I guess, so yeah. Are we, or is it just a balance? Or is that well, just this is okay? I, I, I agree with you. This is the this is the one point that I wanted to make that I, sh- I sh- again I should have said earlier. The the thing that bothers me about real estate in certain cities is that people are are paying almost up to eighty percent of their income on shelter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and even in Ottawa, I think we're almost at sixty percent. When you know historically to live well, you know, for everybody to live well, you should be spending about thirty percent, thirty to forty percent on your shelter, right? So that's when it comes to that, that's where I'm kind of like, where's, where's the balance for those people that aren't as well off, you know, I mean, it's the separation and there's nothing we can really do to stop that. So I, you know, I wish there was a way for that to balance out of it, but I don't see. It'd be interesting to know what the average income is in all of Ottawa and then look at what the average home sale price is currently. You know, I imagine the average income must be, well, for family, we had it up uh, up a we had it up a few months ago um, or I had it. Uh, I mean, the average home price is single family home or no, it's, I think it's all like sale price is seven fourteen or something now in Ottawa. Yeah. So a quick, I don't know when, what this number is a quick household average income in Ottawa. One Oh six. Yeah. House, yeah. Right. That's what I figured. Um, yeah. So 106, and we typically say that the rule of thumb is about four to five times your gross income is the mortgage that you would qualify for, assuming you right. have no debts. So at 106, you're looking at basically 500, yeah. you know, 530. Yeah. 530 wow. as far as a, uh, or five, you know, the loan yeah, for the loan. Yeah. So then if you're putting $100,000 down payment, 100 and, you know, something in there, then you're, you're at that average home sale price. So, I mean, I, it might actually be um, a realistic way to to figure out what the average is going to be like as incomes go up the home prices go up um i'd be interested to see that same chart from 1956 to now in say toronto vancouver just to kind of see what they're what like if if in the same years they're having the same boost and again that'll just speak even more to the um societal factors that are kind of i'll check that that out right i'll see if i can find that i thought that's a really interesting thing to look at because like the cycle is there it shows that we're Mm -hmm. right on track Nothing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. We're on track where we've been since 1956. So, you know, for, for people to just jump out and say like, this is ridiculous. It's like, well, it's a cycle. We see it here. Yeah. Showing you, I mean, so in eight years, no? start to load up on real estate is what Greg said. So, <laughs> well, so what in eight years, start to load up. Cause you're going to get ready for that big peak in uh, nine, yeah. 10 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, the thing is that, that, people hone in on the dollar amount gain as opposed to percentage gain. And that is misleading or it's not misleading, but it gives you kind of a skew because yes, uh, a gain of 60,000 or 80,000 or a hundred thousand is more than what the houses in 1956 even cost. But the percentage gains are still like, are still the same, like remove the dollar figure jump, focus on the percentage gain. And it's, it's all been like you yeah. said, it's, it's all been the same. We're riding and, the same way. And that's the funny question. The funny thing to answer too, right? When people say like, Oh, it's going to crash. Like it goes, it's like, even if there's, even if there was like a, a, a negative 10, like if there was a negative 10 correction, which I can't imagine ever happening, you know, and you've been up 30% over the last couple of years, you know, long-term still, still solid. You're still, mm-hmm. you got a place to go. You got a place to live. You need to move somewhere else, move, keep it, rent it out. 
you know, I mean, what do yeah. you do? You just, you just made, you know, you made a fortune, uh, selling your house in the last couple of years and you know, good, good for you. If you, and if you, if you bought in it, just stay there, you're still going to build your equity and you got a place to live. Yeah. I don't get, uh, the, uh, the naysayers don't get it. <laughs> Have you spoken to anyone? I know you had some clients uh, this past year, Greg, uh, that were selling because the market was up and then going to rent um, and kind of cash out, like you said, because they because values went up. Have you spoken to any of them since? Because some of them were thinking the market would would dive uh, or anything like that. Like, have you heard from gosh, any of those I'm people? I think no. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think of who I was talking about, but um, yeah, there was a couple people okay. that were going to do that. Yeah. They were going to, they, they were selling. Yeah. I can't remember if they were pulling equity out to buy, you know, two more and rent and then, or no, anyways, I can't remember. I'm not going to get into so it. So I've had a few right. clients um, that were thinking about buying an investment property sec, like separately from their primary home, obviously. Uh, and then they ended up because America was so crazy, they ended up kind of holding off and then they ended up taking the money that they had for their down payment to basically invest in their current home. So they added a deck, they added this, they right. upgraded that. And now we're refinancing their primary home so that they can <laughs> actually get that equity back to buy the rental again. Um, but now they have, you know, their home's been upgraded. It's even higher in value. They've forced further appreciation of their property. Um, that's and to me, that's, a, you know, that's, that's a sound investment in yourself and mm -hmm. in your future as well. And I mean, you know, you do a $40,000 renovation, uh, that 40,000 over a 20 year, 25 year time frame might only increase your mortgage by, you know, a few hundred dollars a month. But now you have, you know, all the things that you like kind of your, all the checklist is now checked off on your home mm -hmm. and you're still going to be able to buy that investment property for, for kind of long-term wealth creation. Yeah. Gentlemen, how do we feel about the mood? <laughs> I, I, said, I was about to say, I think we should get into the mood boost. Yeah. All right, here we go. We got three. Uh, I got one. Uh, I got one that's uh, space related, just because of uh, Mr. Bezos uh, doing his thing this week. Uh, and then I got a few others that are uh, they're good. I got three today. Number one, what do a dog and a phone have in common? They both have caller ID. Wow! Wow! Impressive. Number two, what did the astronaut eat for breakfast? Nothing. It was already noon, so he went out for launch. Wow. Wow. Ah. Wow. Number three. They're building a mirror factory in my town. I could see myself working there. <laughs> <laughs> those were good. Yeah. I'm down one. with all of those. Last one was good. Yeah. <laughs> so what's on for the weekend, gentlemen? What's going on? Beautiful weekend in Ottawa. Yeah, I got a friend in from out of town. We're gonna we're gonna hang out for a bit, and then I'm working like crazy. Got got that uh, one client in from uh, Vancouver, mm -hmm. looking at the duplex, and um, someone else I'm working. So yeah, I'm out tomorrow morning. I'm out uh, Sunday all day. Looking forward to it. I actually I'm trying uh, to help everyone. I was gifted some uh, some tickets to the uh, Red Blacks kind of opening practice slash scrimmage. Mm. Thank you, David. Uh, <laughs> so I'm heading there with uh, nice. my my boys and uh, one of my son's friends. So they're uh, pretty excited about that. And then Sunday, actually, uh, my sister hasn't been to the new place yet because her family is uh, is a lot of people. So we were uh, we were under the limits. If they were to come over, we'd be over the limits. So now that we're able to have uh, larger gatherings, I'm looking forward to kind of having them over and seeing the new place. 
And uh, what about yourself, David? What do you got? To, what's on uh, the not a whole lot. I think I'm going to uh, head up to the cottage uh, just this afternoon. It's supposed to be nice weather. Stay up there at least uh, till tomorrow. But uh, other than that, nothing really, uh, nothing really planned. Get Keep my, an eye out for the thunder and lightning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a very, it was a very enlightening experience. Oh, wow. <laughs> is, that, is that a mood boost? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Literally <amazing>. enlightening. <laughs> um, yeah, that might be a good rhyme, Greg, to throw in one of your, your, your yeah. upcoming uh, hip hop tracks, you know? Uh, oh, anyway, my new Anna's new track is just about done. And my new track is, I, it's going to be, I'm excited about it. Well, we'll get it on a future show. I'm excited we'll at the end. Yeah. 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 For sure. I know we planned that and it's never really, really happened. Maybe we should do that. As as always, I just want to say thank you to all our listeners, obviously for your, uh, for your support. And uh, we, you know, we love doing this. So the fact that you guys enjoy listening uh, makes it even more, makes it even more uh, great. uh, Cause it'd be pretty boring (laughs) if it was just us talking to ourselves. Um, Spread the word. Yeah. Spread the word. Spread the word. Uh, Quick shout out to our uh, sponsor again, North Brew Coffee, northbrew.ca. If you use the Promo code podcast, you get 20% off your coffee orders. And uh, every Friday, we're here at 10 o'clock live on Facebook, uh, recording live. And then Tuesdays, we release the edited shows Tuesday morning, 10 o'clock on every podcast platform, YouTube, etc. Any closing remarks, gents? Love you. Have a great weekend. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Deuces. The Ottawa Real Estate Podcast is brought to you by Referral Mortgages, Blue Panda Realty, and Stephen Hopkins Video. Thanks for tuning in. And please remember to like, comment, share, and most importantly, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you.